Hi guys, I'm Emily DiDonato and welcome to the Remodeling Podcast. I've gone from model to content creator, founder to mother, city to suburbs, and now podcast host. So much change in just these last couple of years. I won't lie, I felt confused and scared, but also excited and inspired by all of my own big shifts. One thing about change is that we are all going through it. Come along with me as I chat with some of the most inspiring women in my network as they share their stories and break down their greatest life and career pivots. If it's time for your very own remodel, grab your headphones and start here. I'm so excited to introduce this week's guest, Megan Roop. Megan is a former dancer turned founder and CEO of her own fitness method, The Sculpt Society. Her philosophy emphasizes the importance of nurturing both body and mind, offering workouts that are fun, engaging, and accessible to everyone. Megan herself and her method were so supportive to me during my postpartum period. In this episode, we're getting into her career, going from dancer to founder of her own fitness method, building out a community that feels seen and heard, and creating a tailored fitness method for different stages of life, whether you're pregnant, postpartum, and beyond. Enjoy! Megan Roop, thank you so much for joining us on the Remodeling Podcast. I am so excited. And by the way, the first time I met you, I was like, this girl needs a mic. You have the gift of the gab, Emily, and I'm so jealous because I do not, and this is such a perfect platform for you. That's such a lie. I know that you're going to be an incredible guest because I think you have the gift of gab and the gift of many things that we are going to get into. But for anyone that isn't familiar with you and with the Sculpt Society, can you tell us a little bit about you and your background before we dive into all of our questions? Oh, yeah. I mean, how far back do you want me to go? Um, I'll give you the brief over and then you can tell me if you want to go deeper. Um, So uh, hi, everyone. I'm so excited to be here, Emily. Um, My background is in dance. I grew up as a dancer. I went to college for dance and ended up dancing professionally and honestly fell into the world of fitness as a way to pay the bills. And honestly, in New York City, as everyone knows, it's expensive to live there and, and was trying to figure it all out and really fell in love quickly with the the world of fitness and truly, for me, connecting with other women in a way that I really needed in my early 20s. Um, I went through a lot of, unfortunately, like bad behaviors with, with just self-esteem, body image, my relationship with food. And for me, the missing puzzle piece, not only after doing the internal work, was really finding a movement practice that felt really uh, joyful for me. And so being able to work with women in that capacity just opened my my mind into a direction I never thought. Like if you had told 19-year-old, 20-year-old Megan, like I would be running a fitness company, I would have I would have never believed you. And so long story short, I just continued to lean into the things that I really enjoyed. And it led me into fitness and, and led me into starting the Sculpt Society in New York City in 2017. Emily was the first supermodel that I worked with. You were the first person to answer one of hundreds of DMs I sent out on the internet to come work with me. And um, here we are. It's so crazy. I still have you saved in my phone as Megan Rue Project Equinox because that is where we train together for the very first time because I'm one of those people who writes keywords down when I meet someone so I remember how I knew them. So you fall in love with this world of fitness, but the Sculpt Society is so much more, I feel like, than a method. When did you decide that you were really going to start this business? Yeah, I was teaching fitness at the time, dancing professionally with the NBA. I was with the the Brooklyn Nets. And I was also a fit model on the side. That was my third job. So I was like a live mannequin for designers. And I think 
I was diving really, fitness was exciting. It was like this, you know, burst of energy, New York City boutique fitness. It was cool. There were lots of different methods popping up and I just really got interested in it. I was taking so many different classes and as time went on, I really felt like there was a missing class and a community that I wanted. I felt like everything was overcomplicated when it came to dance cardio and sculpting. I loved reformer Pilates, but I didn't want to be on a reformer every day. So I thought about, oh, I could integrate sliders in there. And I loved matte Pilates and I loved using a Pilates ball, but I found matte Pilates a little boring. So what could I take from a matte Pilates class into something a little bit more fast paced? And truly like the Sculpt Society was everything I selfishly wanted and was craving. And I wanted it to be about bringing women together collectively to feel good in our bodies and also the community element, right? Like I, I, fitness is so powerful when it comes to meeting people. So many of my best friends have come from me teaching class and you're, you're in a studio or you're online on a daily basis and you're getting to connect in a very vulnerable way in a very vulnerable environment. And so a lot of great friendships are made out of fitness, I think. And so that was really the impetus for me of like what I was craving for in this space. I love that. I do kind of want to go back to one thing you said earlier. We did get connected many moons ago when you DM'd me on Instagram and you were like, hey, come work out. And I was like, I'll, of course, work out with because I'm a fitness junkie and was very much at the time, still am. For anyone who's starting a business, I do feel like your hustle is still strong, but was very strong then. So what was your approach to building the business? Like you were just DMing people and being like, hey, please come work out with me because the level of women that you train with, obviously there are people who have your app, but then there are supermodels that you're training with. Like, how did you start that from the ground up in terms of the community that you built? Yeah, I think there's like two parts to it. You know, as a millennial, Instagram was also just growing at the time. And even though I had like 300 followers. I had no, you know, I didn't have an online presence, but I knew what I had in the Sculpt Society. And I knew if I could just get women into the door with my energy, experience the class, experience the method, that they would come back, they would tell their friends. And I also knew the power of, of influencers and models. And I, I knew that there needed to be a level of that as I started to grow the business. And again, this is in 2017. So the landscape was a little bit different. But yeah, you know, it was like guerrilla marketing. I just, I was like, I'm going to DM as many people as I can. And I'm not joking you, Emily, you were the first supermodel that responded. And I was like, this is, I don't know. I just, and what, and I think about it, you then in your second session brought your friend Kate Bach, her and I became friends. And then word of mouth started to even just organically spread. So I think it's that part of like, yes, it's important to connect with influencers and models and celebrities when you can. But also I took the same approach when I was connecting with Sally Joe, who has 10 followers, because Sally Joe with 10 followers is equally as impactful. Her voice is really loud in her community. And, and I think that was the difference too. You know, everyone that walked into my space, whether it was online or in studio, got the same amount of respect and attention that Emily Dionato got. <laughs> she walked into my my studio too. And I think people felt that. And it's really important as business owners that your community feels heard, feels seen, feels valued. Because at the end of the day, I know I am here because I have a really strong community um, that continues to show up and, and be with me with the Sculpt Society. I think that's something that you did 
right very early on was creating this really warm, welcoming environment for people to come and also to have fun, not just work out. So I really do feel like, especially for New York fitness studios, for anyone who's listening who's not a New Yorker, New York fitness studios are really intense and can be really intimidating. So you did a really good job there. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, even as someone who you know, I was a professional dancer. I was in the space. Even me, I would go take a boutique fitness class and I'd walk in and suddenly like feel super insecure. And I just felt like this is not how we want to create a place for people to come in and, and try a new workout class, right? That it's just, it's not the environment that you need to create. You need to create space for people to feel welcomed. They're coming in with no makeup on in spandex. Like there, there's already so much insecurity. Like you need to be there as a fitness owner really welcoming them in and making them feel comfortable. Totally. So you were mentioning earlier when you were creating the Sculpt Society method, you were saying you were kind of piecing together almost your favorite parts of other types of workout and creating kind of this tailored method. But the Sculpt Society has so many tailored methods for different stages of life. Like I became very connected with you many years ago, but I reached out to you again after I had my children. I think I was literally texting you when I was in the hospital being like, (laughs) I need you to send me your pelvic floor workout. I think everything's about to fall out. So can you talk to me a little bit about creating these tailored methods for different stages of life? Yes. It's so important. I think as women, we go through different stages and we need different things at different stages of life. So over the years with the Sculpt Society, especially with the online platform and app, I really wanted to create programs really tailored for college dorm rooms. You're in college. You need that support. You're getting married, a bridal program. You have fallen pregnant, a pregnancy program. You just gave birth. There is a pelvic floor and core rehab program. You're then cleared by your doctor. There is a postpartum program. So, you know, now we're even thinking is, you know, perimenopausal women within my, our community and really asking for more content too. So just making sure I'm creating content for my community. You know, another really big one that was really led by our community was our Sculpt and Sync program, which is, you know, working out for each four phases of your cycle. And so we just came out with that as well. So I think, you know, it's such a blessing with social media and with with my online platform. I have such a deep connection and almost like a, a phone to to my community. Like they can really let me know what they are wanting. And it's it's my job to really listen. We touched a little bit on pelvic floor therapy, or I was telling you about my pelvic floor um, issues, but... <laughs> Can we talk a little bit about motherhood, of course, because you're a business owner, but you're also a mom and we gave birth both times kind of around the same time. So can you talk to me a little bit about your motherhood journey? Did you always want to be a mother and how has it been for you so far? I mean, do you have all day? um, It's been a wild ride. Um, Gosh, I knew I always wanted kids, but it, I was never that person that was like, I was born to be a mom. And so I was really nervous about motherhood. I didn't know if I had a maternal like instinct. You know, other kids were cute, but I was never like obsessed with kids. Um, you know, my my job and my career meant everything to me. And yeah, there was just a lot of anxiety around when was the right time to have kids. And so for me, it honestly ended up becoming like an age thing. Like, okay, I I need to start trying. I don't know how long this is going to take me. I have a lot of friends and family around me who are, you know, struggling to get pregnant or dealing with pregnancy loss. And so long story short, we kind of just jumped in and um, it has been 
it has been the most work I've ever <laughs> done, but it's also been the biggest blessing. So, you know, every day I go through lots of highs and lows, but you know, gosh, it is, I feel so blessed to have my kids. And, you know, now we, we just had our second and I really went into that thinking, I've got this, you know, <laughs> zero to one was a shocker, like one to two, I, I've got this. And I don't got this, Emily. <laughs> I really don't got this. That was going to be my follow-up question was like, how are things from number one to number two? Because I did feel better after number two, but of course, yes, you are like, isn't this supposed to be like way easier? But you still, the postpartum fog, it gets you. So how has number two been for you versus number one? Yeah, I, gosh, I, I think Unfortunately, my expectation was just that it was going to be easier. And when it wasn't, I think that was just a really big shock. I think my postpartum recovery journey with number two was much more intense. I I had a lot of retention issues in my bladder and ended up having to get an emergency catheter. And so there's just a lot of like traumatic stuff in postpartum that I went through. And I think emotionally, it took a toll on just like mentally recovering as well as physically recovering. And I also just think, unfortunately and fortunately, I'm just at a stage in my business where it is just really busy and I still need to be heavily involved. And so there just was no maternity leave which again, it's partly my fault, but also like it just is part of having a startup. So I think also just not having the space to kind of really recover mentally and physically from number two, that's been a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, that definitely resonates with me as well because I launched my brand Covey. Like I had two kids in that span and there's just like when you run the business and you founded it, you're like, I would love to take that maternity leave, but like I know everything that will suffer from that. And I feel like I have to be in the mix. So I, I totally understand. I was going to ask you, how has your relationship with your body evolved since having children? And is it different with baby number one to number two? I'm always interested in this because I feel like athletes, fitness instructors, models, we all kind of feel like we all have this expectation to bounce back in a way. And I'm curious how you feel about that and how you approach it. Yeah, it's interesting. I've worked through so much of my body image issues. And, and really, when I fell pregnant with my first and with my second, I, I was in such a different headspace. And my relationship was one that was really positive. And then I got pregnant. And all of a sudden, like feeling out of control with the big changes that were happening, started to bring up a lot of those those same thoughts that I used to have. And it was really frustrating and equally as frustrating the second time around. And, you know, I just, unfortunately, the more I talk about it, I, I don't think it matters if you were in fitness or a mod. Like, I just think a lot of women experience that. And the more I think we can talk about it, the better. I, I think for me, I, I just struggled to openly talk about it the first time around because, again, going back to just pregnancy is a really, you know, we don't know where people are at in that journey, right? It's, it's emotional. People are either going through fertility treatments or they're dealing with pregnancy loss and you never want to sound ungrateful for it, but pregnancy is long. It's hard. It's not that fun. And so I think that was part of my journey too, is just being able to be vulnerable about it, be open with it and connect with women who needed to hear that message too. But at the same time, I felt very called to, to, of course, program a really robust prenatal program and also like 
unabashedly show the pregnancy changes. Because for me, it was really important when you are going through that, you can feel very lonely and isolated just equally as much when you're in postpartum. And so I wanted women to see that process with myself going through pregnancy. And then in postpartum, like I'm, I've just recorded myself weeks like one through six when I was postpartum doing my pelvic floor and core recovery program. And then same with my postpartum program. So like I'm literally like going through the process with my community. And I think that's just, that's to me like the powerful part of it because again, you can just feel really alone in it and you're not. Yeah. I think that's really beautiful that you do that because I'm sure it would be so easy for you, at least even for myself. I think I'm not even going to reveal myself until I'm, I'm quote unquote back. But it seems like the whole point of your method is that this is for every phase of your life, not for just when you're prepping for a wedding. It's like every single phase. So I think that's beautiful that you're filming yourself and will make everyone like when I'm doing those pelvic floor exercises, I'm like, I don't need to see some woman who's like in killer shape. I need someone who's in the trenches with me. (laughs) I also want to know that like this shit is hard. Like I am, you know, I'm struggling alongside with you and I'm a professional and this is hard for me and I'm starting from scratch and I am, I'm feeling discouraged and I'm exhausted and I'm with you and we're doing it together. And I think, you know, that's how I've kind of, people are like, oh, you're so brave with your Instagram showing your postpartum body. And I'm like, why are we not showing what we're going through? I don't want to see a, a woman give birth and then a week later look like nothing happened. Like there's so much that goes on in that fourth trimester that it's so important to showcase because if we don't see it, we're setting the next generation of women up to fail and they're going to think that it's a breeze and it's it's important to show like all aspects of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're speaking a lot about the fourth trimester. Is there anything about postpartum in general that has been the most difficult for you this time around or in general, something that's tough for you? I mean, I find it all tough. <laughs> I just think for me, I've really struggled just balancing work, family life, being present, having a newborn, having a toddler who needs a lot of attention and has big emotions. I think it's, I think right now I don't feel like I'm doing a great job at anything, but I also feel like that that's me doing the best I can. You know, me, me at 10% is me at a hundred percent right now. I mean, of course I want to be like, no, you're doing amazing. But that's the thing. I feel like when you're in that spot emotionally, like nothing can lift you up because you just feel torn in a million different ways. So I completely understand. Um, I do want to talk to you a little bit about your pelvic floor program because for anyone listening, like it's a lifesaver and helped so much after baby number two. And I desperately needed it because I had an almost 10 pound baby who did me so dirty. Like (laughs) I needed all the help I could get. So can you talk to me? a little bit about why pelvic floor work is so important. Yes. So within my prenatal program, I also have prenatal pelvic floor, which is is also really important if you are listening, you're pregnant to do that as well. In fact, even if you're not pregnant, I wish I had known about the pelvic floor and how to, to really access that before I got pregnant because your core work will actually be so much better when you are able to connect to those. But you know, your pelvic floor goes through a lot in labor, whether you have a C-section or not. And so it's also so connected to our transverse abdominals and how we are breathing and how that entire bowl of muscles is connected and, and lifts um, and protects your, your pelvic organs. So 
as we ease back into exercise, it's really important that we're able to strengthen and lengthen the pelvic floor and then deeply connect to our transverse abdominals through our breath. Most of us don't do anything the first six weeks we give birth because that's what we've been told our entire lives. And then at six weeks or eight weeks when we're we're cleared to work out, we're jumping straight back into our regular workout because that's what we're told by our doctor and our OB most of the time is not really giving us the education that we need. So in a perfect scenario, I would have someone start to do pelvic floor work a day or two after they get back from the hospital or as as soon as they're feeling good. If you're in a C-section mama, it's like two to three weeks. But really slowly reconnecting there and slowly reconnecting to your core so that you can really have the foundational work to then ease back into exercise. Because if you jump straight back in, you're going to just exasperate diastasis recti, which is a separation of your rectus abdominal muscles. And what a lot of women deal with in postpartum because they're not able to manage the intra-abdominal pressure in their core. So a lot of times there's doming and coning that happens in your core when you're not you're not not breathing correctly and you're not able to access your pelvic floor and deep transverse abdominals. I know there's like so many things that are going on in that sentence, but the long, the long short is it's just very important if you are in that postpartum stage to start to ease back in with that type of movement, because it's really going to serve you from back pain to prolapse to incontinence. There's like a slew of pelvic floor issues that can come of not really re-strengthening that area. Yeah. I really like the idea of just reconnecting with that area. I feel like making it seem like a workout right after you have a baby sounds crazy, but you just, the disconnect that happens after you have a giant baby in there. And for me, the back pain was the worst part. And I just was like, I know that it's because my core is just so out of it. So I'm so glad that I spoke to you and I really got on that right away. Like I told people I was doing it right when I got home. Like right after I finished nursing, I was like getting on all fours or like doing whatever I had to do because I was like, my back hurts so bad. Like I got to get it. I have to get it right. Well, I'm curious. I know you said that the balance has been kind of tough for you, but how do you think for anyone who's a new mother who might be listening to the podcast, what's the best way to try to start creating a new healthy routine for a new mom? Do you have any tips there? Honestly, and I think following a program so that you have, as a new mom, or even if you're not a mom, there's just so many decisions to make in a day. So decision fatigue is real, especially if you're layering that in with exhaustion and you're a new mom. So I think following something that you can show up to, someone that is pre and postnatal certified. And also I have like a, a big mantra I, I'm always going back to, which is commit to less so that you can show up more. To me, the consistency of movement is just as important and just as powerful. So if you can fit in 10 minutes a day more consistently throughout the week, I would so much rather you do that than have one long grueling workout and then be sedentary for the rest of the week. Because the power of fitness is that shift that you energetically feel in your body, in your mind. And then that goes into the rest of your day. That goes into every single activity you're doing, your meetings, how you are speaking to your new baby, maybe your husband, whatever it is. So I think it's just take the pressure off. I think most of us, this is for new moms or or anyone listening, it's like your workouts do not need to be long and grueling to be effective. It truly just needs to feel joyful and fun to you. You have to, you need to enjoy the type and style of movement that you're doing. And then it needs to be something you can consistently show up to. And again, that can be 10 minutes a day if that's all you have. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we say we speak so much about fitness, but I feel like nutrition is a really big part of this too. And it sounds like you've gone through quite a journey kind of healing your relationship with food and your body. Do you mind sharing a little bit about how you previously kind of related to your body and nutrition and where you're at now? Yes. So I, I've tried every diet under the sun. I was like a bona fide yo-yo dieter binge eater in my early twenties. And it got to like a really dark place where I was like every second of every day was that was like all I was thinking about was like counting the calories, how I could burn the calories. And I think most women on some level have gone through this. And so I just got to a point where I was just exhausted thinking about it. And so I found this book. I think I was watching Oprah one day and she had this author, Janine Roth on and her book is called Woman, Food and God. And it was really my first introduction to intuitive eating. And it just was a slow internal process of shifting how I approached food and really not giving moral value to food, like no good or bad, just allowing myself to have it, trusting myself around food, which is really hard if you are someone who is constantly on a diet and just kind of releasing any rules I had around food and you know, eating when I was hungry, stopping when I was full, really like simple things that most of us are not doing. And so that shift started to happen and and it was really powerful. It was like my body finally relaxed and just took like a big breath. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that resonates with me too. Definitely went through that phase where I was like using all of my brain power that I possibly could to like count calories and decide what I was and wasn't going to eat in a day. And I look back and I'm like, I could have been doing so many other things. (laughs) The hours, days, years lost on that. It, it's so sad to me. But I think, to be honest, that journey took me to where I am today. I really don't know that I would be on this Sculpt Society journey if I hadn't gone through that. So I do believe that. But part of the mission with the Sculpt Society is to really show people how to intuitively move their bodies and shift that dialogue around because it's so much more simple than we want to make it. Absolutely. I love that. And it makes it so much more accessible, like a healthier lifestyle. It's much more simple than you think. I mean, we touched on this a little bit earlier and it's such a loaded question because I don't think there's really an answer, but I do want to ask you how you approach kind of being a mother and your business. And I know now you're juggling two of them. Have you found balance? Do you have any tips for finding that balance? <laughs> Emily, do you have tips? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. No. Oh gosh, I'm a hot mess. But here's the thing. I think it's important to talk about that too. Like, you know, I see so many amazing women out there and it looks like they're doing it all. And it's like, I think it's important to be like, I am, I am still learning. Um, I think I have built an amazing team and we're still building that within the Sculpt Society. I have an amazing nanny. I have, you know, I have my husband who's definitely a 50-50 partner. You know, I have that support system and that was really important to me going into motherhood. Just, you know, I still get DMs to people being thinking that I'm a full-time mom, nine to five and running a business. And I think that's another disservice that we are doing to, to other moms. It's like, in order for me to work, I need a support system. And that can look like daycare, family, friends, a nanny, whatever it is. But I think that's important to talk about too. Um, you know, balance for me at this time in my life is just getting up an hour to 45 minutes before my kids do and just like having a little me time. That keeps me sane. Movement really keeps me sane. And so does coffee. 
Yeah. I love that. And that is also what keeps me sane as well. Even when I only have 30 minutes before my kids wake up, I like just love that moment so much. It's so peaceful and so quiet and I love every second of it. But um, I do also want to ask you another big question. Do you have any lessons that you think you have learned since starting your own business? Like some of the biggest lessons you've learned thus far? Oh gosh, it's a daily lesson. Um, I think I was really intimidated. I was really intimidated starting a company. I felt like I needed outside guidance and help. And while I did, I think the biggest lesson for me is I could do more than I thought I could. Really, you're able to do so much more. It's not like I went to to business school. I don't have an MBA, but I'm running a company and I can say that confidently. Um, So I think just like finding confidence within yourself, if you truly have a vision, you can do it. Um, I think, gosh, um, simple things in business, if you're listening and you're trying to start a business, like, you know, create an LLC, go to LegalZoom, make sure you have a business account, um, separate it from your personal account, um, you know, uh, just simple things that I wish I had known and done earlier. Um, and then, yeah, I think just having more confidence in myself and my skill set, even though it's not necessarily like the traditional skill set you would think as a business owner. Yeah, absolutely. That resonates with me too, because I felt like I lacked so much confidence in starting my business. And then the more you do and the more you say and the questions you ask, you're like, wait, actually, I do know what's going on here. And I do ask good questions and I actually can do this. So it is a whole mind confidence thing that like takes time for sure. I feel like we spoke a lot about the Sculpt Society and the community there, but what about creating your community that kind of lifts you up and supports you? How do you do that? And do you have tips for anyone who's trying to create kind of their tribe of women around them? Yeah, you know, that's something I'm still trying to do in Los Angeles. So I was in New York for 15 years. I've been in LA for two and a half. I feel like I moved here when I was eight months pregnant it was still the pandemic in Los Angeles. Like there was shut down until like 2022. And, you know, it's just been a slow process. I think making adult friends is, is hard. You know, I think especially if you are busy and you also have kids, I think that's something I'm working on. It's almost, it, it feels almost like my, in my like mid twenties when I was dating, it, like you almost have to like make the time and the effort with new friends or friends in general, right? Like it's, it's a two way street there. So I'm getting better at that. I'm not great at like, you know, gosh, like if you asked a friend, like Megan's terrible at texting. So like, just like little things that I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's finding like-minded women. I think it's, it's helpful, whether it's a book club or a workout or just finding things that you can connect with other women. And I know for me, even just like my mom groups that I've met really amazing women through there for, through that, um, yeah. I don't know. Emily, how do you, how are you meeting your mom? I, I know. I feel the exact same way because, you know, my daughter's en- entered preschool. So I am meeting a lot of people like that. And I feel the exact same way that I feel like a college freshman. I'm like meeting people and trying it on and seeing if they're the right fit for me. But I also moved to a new place, you know, and I'm trying to find my group of people. But I think I'm like you in the sense, I mean, I've kept in touch with you and I have my other friends that I've gone through similar phases of life with that we just send voice notes, we FaceTime, we text, we're in mom group chats. Like 
the virtual way is kind of great to get me by and especially through difficult phases of my life, which I found pregnancy and postpartum to be difficult. But I think making friends live totally hard. You're right. I'm, I'm joining a book club. I was like, I am such a like suburban mom here. I am joining a book club, but I think that's all helpful. And my next question was going to be for you, which I ask all of my guests is what's the biggest remodel that you're going through right now, which is like a change, a transition that you're trying to kind of wrap your head around. And it sounds like maybe part of it is moving to California. I think it's, it's been moving to California, having two kids and really still, you know, having a sense of self outside of my children, outside of my work. Um, and yeah, and I, I honestly, and, and finding my tribe of women in Los Angeles. Absolutely. I mean, we're in the exact same boat. We're in the exact same phases of life right now. So everything you say, I'm just like, yes, a hundred percent. Um, what do you have next coming up for the scope society and for your community that people can look forward to? Yeah, I am in the midst of just filming so many postpartum workouts and pelvic floor workouts and just really revamping. It's like the 2.0 version of my postpartum program. And then, you know, looking into 2024 and how we can continue to, to whether it's activate our community in real life with pop-ups around the country or online digitally with the Sculpt Society app. So it's going to be a busy one. (laughs) I love that. I am excited for you and I hope that you find the time and space to take care of yourself because you like just had a baby. But where can everyone find you and the Sculpt Society who's listening right now? Yes, you can find me at the Sculpt Society or at Megan Roop on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And then our website is thesculptsociety.com and you can get a seven-day free trial. Amazing. And your app, of course, which I have, which is wonderful. Um, Megan, thank you so much for coming on. You are a great guest. I think people are going to love this conversation. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. Sitting down for these conversations really gives me so much life and so much inspiration. I can't wait to share who's up next. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to keep up with us on Instagram for upcoming guests and episodes. I'm at Emily DiDonato. We can't wait for all that's to come. See you soon.